I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design. Brandy Kalish is a set decorator with a nomination this year for a Primetime Emmy for her work on HBO's Silicon Valley. She's up for outstanding production design for a narrative program, half hour or less. Kalish, whose work includes, of course, Silicon Valley, Wilfred, White Famous, and Teen Wolf, amongst other shows. This conversation gets very fun when we start discussing different types of blood that don't stain and how to use nut shavings for an assortment of different types of bugs. No, seriously. So set decorators are artists or mad scientists, perhaps a little bit of both. At the same time, they have an opportunity to create new ideas from scratch, all for the purpose of moving the characters forward in their journey. Our Emmy Week coverage continues with Emmy Award-nominated set decorator, Brandy Kalish. Combo by Design is presented by Snyder Diamond. Always first with what's next in the kitchen and bath. Snyder Diamond is a family-owned and operated company that serves the Southern California design and architecture community as well as discriminating homeowners through remarkable customer service and a curated offering of kitchen and bath appliances, fixtures, and finishes. The products at Snyder Diamond include the industry's best, like the full line of Mila appliances. Mila, a family-owned and operated company offering industry-leading products since 1899. This includes a full line of refrigerators, ovens, steamers, cooktops, wine units, coffee machines, dishwashers, ventilation hoods, washers, and dryers. All of these products are made using the highest standards in manufacturing and industry-leading technology to provide a superior class of appliance. Form, function, and future. That's Mila. Pair that with the standard bearer when it comes to customer service, and Snyder Diamond delivers dreamy kitchens that exceed expectations. If that's not enough, right now, and for a very limited time, Mila is offering some amazing and very generous rebates and offers. For details on these, and to see the full line of Mila products, visit any of the three Southern California Snyder Diamond locations, or visit online at SnyderDiamond.com. Brady, how long have you been a set decorator? Well, um, I my first job was in 1999, so 18 years ago, okay. and that's a long time. <laughs> and you, Silicon Valley. Yes. How long have you been on that project? I did this last season, season five, and I will hopefully be doing it in March for season six. What was the first project that you worked on, whether you were a set decorator or an on-set dresser or a PA or whatever it was, when, what was the first job you did? Whether, whether IMDb says it or not. Okay, um, well, it was in 1999, that, you know, exactly however many years ago, 18 years ago, and I was friends with the band Corn and their wonderful manager, Peter Katzis, and I was with them at the Apollo Theater in New York, and it was two days before a big radio show that they were performing, and their manager was like, gosh, you know, we really need the stage to look like a Gothic church. Randy, you're in art school. Why don't you go to some of the prop houses? Here's the credit card. Figure it out. So my first experience at a prop house was actually in New York. Yeah. That's a great story. (laughs) It's crazy. And... um how so but that was for an event that was for uh one Concert. of corn's concerts right. yes at the apollo theater what did you think of the experience i mean obviously you liked it 
Yeah, so I picked out a bunch of Persian rugs for the band to be standing on, a couple of candelabras, a couple of big chandeliers, and a kneeler, and a bunch of weird, you know, cathedral dressing. Had it all delivered to the Apollo Theater, and didn't really know what to expect, and then when the curtains opened the night of the show, I just, that's when I knew that's what I wanted to do. How did you make the transition from that to set decoration? Well, I went to art school for design. So after the Apollo Theater experience, I, w I was in art college then. Um, they introduced me to a production designer named Michael Whetstone, who he's actually my mentor. He's the production designer for New Girl. And he didn't know me, but between the manager, Peter Katzis, and the guys from Corn, they introduced me. And I just immediately moved to LA and started interning for him. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's a huge move for, to change industries. Yeah. For I an mean, industry. Yeah. I literally just went, went to my parents and said, I'm moving to Los Angeles in two weeks. And I, I literally, I, you could see through my rear view mirror, like there was nothing in my car. I just drove out here. So, and I just started working with Michael and he, we were doing stage design then. So. When did you first get the feeling that you've made it in the business? Oh my goodness. Um, well, I got in the union when I was 24 through commercials because the concerts and all the tours that Weston and I and another group of people were doing, um, that kind of turned into commercials and then those turned into union hours and then we started doing TV. So I, I guess, I mean, I, I don't ever say I've made it, but you know, Silicon Valley certainly was a, a really wonderful experience and you know, that was kind of for me the pinnacle of being a set decorator at this moment. Okay, so you worked on the last season. Yes. How do you approach, and I've asked this of other set decorators, because I find it really interesting. So you're, you're telling the story. You're creating right. the story of characters that are not real people. Sure. Or may have been real people that have, you know. Yeah. But you're telling it from, from, a, from a printed word, from a, from a script. Now, when you have a, a project like this that someone else has already started. Right. You have the storage facility with that sofa and that bar and sure. this material. How do, you, how do you put your own stamp on it without, without wholesale changes? And do you right. want to? Or is that, is that part of the job is keeping consistency and being able to keep that moving forward? Well, in Silicon Valley, the Hacker House was decorated already. It was done beautifully from the decorator from season one. And as a set decorator, I kept the essence, obviously, of the Hacker House. I mean, we eventually ended up changing it because of the story point. But there were so many sets. Like, I, I would say 90% of the sets in Silicon Valley were brand new sets. So I had an opportunity to put my stamp on it and... As far as the characters are concerned, I treat the characters in my mind like real people. And I treat the sets almost like a character themselves. So, I mean, we, I go on a deep dive. Like when we did the Chinese apartment for Jin Yang, he was like redoing Pied Piper in China. It was so hilarious. Like uh, every little gum wrapper, every little candy from China, I researched what 
you know, a startup would be like Alibaba, like what his place looked like, um, you know, just down to in the hallway, we took almond shavings and dumped them in the light so it looked like wings of moths, like, like the lights have been there forever, you know, down to the plants, like researching what kind of plants they have in China, what area is it, you know, Shenzhen, it just, we go on a deep dive for every single set and every single character, and we get that crazy about it. It's really fun. You know what I also love about set decorators is I have learned so much from you guys. Cool. I have learned um, about uh, freeze-dried tarantulas. Yes. I have learned about certain types of manufactured blood that does not stain. Yeah, there's multiple types of blood. Yeah. <laughs> and now I just learned that sh uh, almond shavings make good moths. Moth wings. Moth wings. Yes, they do. <laughs> Pe peanut and almond shavings. I know, it's, it's so weird. Like, we, you know, I also did White Famous right before uh, Silicon Valley, and we pulled apart raisins, and we stuck them on fly traps to make them look like real flies, and then we ended up actually having some some fake flies that look like flies, but that's the level of de detail that Richard Toyon and I put into those sets. So raisins. Okay, can I can Peeled I the part? <laughs> can I change the story? Yes. So next time, can you say we used a thousand trained flies from a special training farm? Yeah. <laughs> and since everything happens in the San Fernando Valley, yeah, it was yeah, in yeah. the San Fernando Valley. They trained sure. the flies. None were harmed in the filming or production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of white famous. They weren't because we used raisins. <laughs> so it's like. Kind of amazing. What other, what other hacks have you have you used? Can you think of any? Because I know you know I'm putting you on the spot, but I, that's fantastic. You guys, you set decorators have to be like part scientist, weird scientist. You yes. have you have to come up with ways to make one thing look like another thing for a very specific purpose. Yeah, I mean when we did Pied Piper, the main set in Silicon Valley. We actually went up to Palo Alto, San Francisco, TechCrunch, and toured all the tech companies. And I really got to see the level of detail that was on everybody's desks. I mean, they, they get really crazy, like down to, you know, what kind of desks they're using. Like, you know, they use the stand desks, like the Vera desks. Like, they use special ergonomic chairs. They use you know, special pads and all sorts of different kind of quirky foods. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting. So I took a thousand photos. And then once we got back to uh, Sony, we, you know, really went through all those photos and brought the essence of what was actually real into Pied Piper. So if you look on each person's desk, I sat there and my wonderful, wonderful team of set dressers, lead men, buyers, and cho chose what was each person's personality and what they had. So this is interesting too because with one of the things that I've learned about set decorators, you guys are so resourceful. Yeah. Because you have to be. Jack of all trades. Yeah, and you, you have to be. So we're, when, you, when you first get the script, what's your process 
from a from a new set, not something that you're taking over first, but but from a from a brand new set. The process for me, um, and I feel like my buyer and buyers and crew have really got this down at this point. Is so I break down the set per all the big items first. I always call it the bones of the set or broad strokes. And so if I know I'm doing a bedroom, I will break down a bed, a dresser, bedside tables, lamps, rug, et cetera, et cetera, drapery, and any kind of quirky things that are possibly brought up by the show creator, the director, the production designer, et cetera. And then the production designer and I will work together, look at reference photos that we both pull, and you know, what do we like, what do we don't like, what's the essence of the character. And then I break another level down from there, like kind of the medium-sized stuff, and then the small stuff, down to like, does she have a friendship bracelet on her bedside table? Does she have you know, a gold necklace, is it a cross, is it a heart, is it a locket? I mean, down to the tiniest little thing. I ask this particular question of of every set decorator I, I sit with because I really do love this concept. Yeah. You as a set decorator, there is there is this and help me, I, I was I was asking someone else, is it a tradition? Is it protocol? Is it official? But the set decorator opens the set. Yes. So the set's not open until you say it's open. That is protocol. I mean, we are required to be there for every new set to open the set. So, um, and typically we're able to walk the show creators through the sets. The production designer and I will, you know, show them photos if they can't make it. But once the crew is there and we're opening that set, I'm there as the responsible person of the look and the design of the set with the production designer. So if something comes up and they want to move the sofa a certain way or change this out or swap that out, it kind of, we're there to be the person that makes sure it looks right design and decoration wise. Okay. Which so, is great. So we're talking about opening, opening the set. Yes. Now, let me throw a hypothetical at you. Okay. So you're opening a new set and DP gets there. Okay. And decides that, you know, he likes, he wants, you know, strike that because, not because of Dolly Track or, or anything sure. pertaining to the, to the shot, but he just doesn't like this chair there. He likes the other chair on the other side of the room. The DP doesn't get to make those decisions. But I am very, I'm, I would never be like that. I would work with the other department heads if they had something to say as if, I mean, I, I would never make a comment on the lighting. So I would work with them and say, okay, you know, what's the reason behind maybe you're not liking the chair? Did you possibly discuss this with the show creator? You know, like I would go down the channels to get to the bottom of why and then kind of face it from there. And then, of course, always have the backup of the production designer, you know, and go to him and work together as a team, him or her, and work together as a team to, you know, either change it or not. But typically they see photos and they see this ahead of time. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that's sort of the... I've also, 
you know, I'm, I'm really interested in how each sec set decorator approaches the, the conflict, the, which, which happens in every job. There's always yes. people. We, I had a, there was a conversation in here, um, and we were talking with people from advertising and marketing from an agency and, and product de developers, that kind of thing. Sure. And we were talking about, you know, when you fall in love with your ideas, you know, how far do you go to fight for them? And everyone's different. Um, more, some are more pragmatic, like, you know, I don't ever fall in love with my ideas. If, if the boss, you know, I make the, I make the project the boss. And if, sure. if, if someone else, you know, who's running the project doesn't like it, then they don't like it. That's the way it is. Others are, you know, specific, more with creatives. They're right. like, I love my idea, and in my, if they don't like my ideas, then they don't like me, and if they don't right. like me, then they shouldn't have my work, and it's like, okay, whatever. There's a balance, yes. but not everybody approaches it the right way, and there's no manual for it. There's no manual, but I would say I'm a true 50-50 on that. Like, I sometimes fall in love with a certain idea and really explore it and go down that that road for a while on a set and then something comes up and either the set gets cut or it gets changed or maybe the period gets changed or something gets changed so at that point I can learn to let it go um, and I'll just find some other two seconds later I'll just find some other idea to fall in love with but I will fight for the idea if I know in my heart that it's right but I won't you know I, I also can let it go so it just depends what the scenario is, you know. It just depends, like, how far I'll take it. You mentioned while we were talking before that you've wanted, you want to create your own furniture line. Yes, I've already started, but I Have just, you? it's been, it's very, very beginning stages. So tell, tell me about that. Well, I went to school for design, and it was just broad stroke, like typography, furniture, web, every kind of design. Just went to school for design, art, drawing, whatever. And, you know, ended up becoming a set decorator, like I told you. And there are times, quite often, that I can't find what I'm looking for, no matter how hard. And so I can see it in my mind, I just can't find it. You know, and that's where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to make my own sconce. I'm just going to make my own lamp. I'm just going to go downtown and buy fabric and buy a chair and cover it and then change this or that. Or I'm going to make my own art, which I've been doing a lot lately on the sets. Like just making my, art, my own art, getting it printed, getting it framed, using it. Because then it really is the character. It really, really is part of the set because it's not something rented that someone else has seen before. No, and you put it on set and then do you sell it? Well, it depends. I mean, I, you know, it, it depends, honestly. Um, if the show buys it, you know, then they get to keep it or if they rent something, then you have to give it back to the vendor. But typically that belongs to that character. So it stays with the show until it's over. I mean, you never know. There could be a flashback and it could come back. I don't it's get so rid true. of, we literally don't get rid of anything. The, it's kind of like a Murphy's Law. Like the second the producers tell us, oh, you know what? You can dump a set. And we're like, okay, we're going to make room in our gold room. And then like two weeks later, they bring the set back. Reshoot or flashback. Yeah. Yeah. So we just, it's, a, it's almost like a joke. 
because it's it almost happens like every single time. But it's interesting because if you do, if you create your own line, yes, and the they decide that they like it for yes. the project, then you've got your own line. If 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 you dump the set, you sell the prod, you sell the material, you can bring it back. Yeah, I mean that's where I'm exploring that. So it. You know, it's really cool and it's more gratifying for me. I mean, time is always the problem and a lot of the times budget as well. So there are times the schedule's moving so fast or actor availability and this set gets brought up to this week and you just don't have time to print something or make something and put it on the set. But if you have time... I prefer to take like some key pieces and and make them from scratch, which is like the OG way to do it. Like the old school set decorators, they had time. They would do it like that. Word. So I think we need to keep keep the essence of set decoration alive by giving it all we got. You know. Well, no, it's that's cool. But then also at the same time, you get to develop your brand. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's very beginning stages, so it's really exciting. Tell me about the new show you're working on. The new show I'm working on, it's an FX show called You're the Worst. It's also in season five. So it's, there's a house. Um, oh, the architect, I think, is... Oh, I'll have to Google it. Um, beautiful mid-century house, stunning. It's on stage, and... I've worked with the production designer before on Wilfred, so that was really exciting. He was actually the art director, but um, very helpful. And it's a lot of locations, mm -hmm. so we just we start filming next week, so we'll see how that goes. You know, just with the flow of having to move all over the city and stuff like that. And but we do have our standing set, so on do the you, stage. Do you work differently, whether you're you're decorating a set or on location fixed set or on location I always perf well it's a 50 50 thing again um, I always prefer to do an actual built set because it's coming from the heart of the production designer so it's like that's the architectural shell that they've kind of given me to fill but a location is similar as well I mean oftentimes We'll, they'll scout, we'll scout a location and the location is actually just a big empty room that they want us to do like a hospital in or a morgue or a bedroom or a tech, you know, it just, it varies. So we always try and come up with, I always try and come up with interesting ways to do that, like the bones of the set, like I was saying earlier. I would imagine, too, that you would like it better if you have total control over the set. Because on location, you got noise, you got traffic, you got neighbors, you got cats. You have the owner of the people of the location. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that, too. Yeah. Like, so, you know, obviously a lot of set decorators know this, but art, hanging art in someone's home, like if we're like filming at a mansion up in Beverly Hills and it has to be, you know, a 1980s mansion or something oh, we just got our house freshly painted. You can't put nails in the, in the walls. Well, how do you hang the art? 
So thank God for 3M hooks. Because that's like a new thing, (laughs) and we have that ability now to hang big paintings without making holes. Yeah, but 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 also, you know, it's it's funny. One of the questions I asked you before was the thing people don't know about your work. But you bring up a very good point. People don't even realize they don't uh, when when you're when you're doing something on location. You've got the nails in the walls. You've got somebody's house. You've got you know from the from the lighting side. You've got wall spreaders where you know maybe maybe they don't want you putting a a bar up across the entire room they don't to, to hang lights because it's going to leave a mark you yes. know there's a lot of things that that really hinder your ability to do your job on location that's the you've, that's one whole side of set decoration that no one even thinks about that we have to work so so not just picking out the painting not just making sure it's in the right budget not just making sure it's scheduled for the truck to be picked up not just making sure that it doesn't get damaged letting my lead man know where how what to pick up and then taking it to the location and making sure it gets hung in the right place and then hung without a nail <laughs> it's like the craziest it's like crazy thing. right and that's just one thing so when does the new show start we start filming on Tuesday, so I, I'm not actually sure when it airs. Okay. But yeah, that's we're all over LA and for the summer, and then you know, I I've been told that Silicon Valley season six comes back early 2019. Awesome. We start production for that, so it's exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. That's very exciting. Yeah. Where can people find your work aside from IMDb? So I have a website, it's brandykalish.com, and I actually just updated it, and I have my Instagram on it, which is Brando Set Deck, and it has all my set decoration adventures that I put up, which I just love to do, and uh, that's, that's where, yeah. Awesome, cool. Brandy, thanks for doing this. Thank you so much okay. for supporting set decorators. Absolutely. Thanks. Carnival by Design is proud to be working with Vendome Furniture. Design culture, it's the key to their success. It's what pushes them to consistently create new collections that give spaces a new dimension. They create dialogue between environment and form. Vendome pieces can transform the simplest space into one filled with glamour that is both unique and extraordinary. And isn't that what design is all about? Creating atmospheres where you can take hold of life and enjoy it to the fullest? Vendome products are simple and elegant, contemporary and exceptionally comfortable. Their crafted, modern, durable, molded resin, glass, and metal designs are unique and they beg to be enjoyed. They search the planet for the right designers that embody the Vendome spirit and work together to create remarkable pieces into an exclusively Vendome mode of expression. And if you haven't seen Vendome before, you can check them out in uh, some of the Convo by Design videos you'll find on our YouTube channel. But you can find them in their showrooms at the D&D Building in New York, Wynwood in Miami, and the Pacific Design Center here in L.A. Or online at Vendome.com.